podcast, Beach Volleyball, with uh, now Olympian, Tri Born, and Travis Mawerder. Uh, Tri is uh, obviously still a bit busy uh, in Tokyo. He plays uh, later tonight, uh, Tokyo time, tomorrow morning. Um, well, I guess when this comes out, he will have already played, but Tri's busy uh, is the point. And, uh, and on, the, on the podcast today, we have a, a really fun guest, my colleague with the FIVB, whose voice... Uh, you will no doubt recognize it is the voice of Louis Lett. How you doing, my friend? How are you, mate? Thanks for having me. What an honor. Oh, maybe it's... a bigger honor is being at the Olympics itself. <laughs> that, so, now so you're just buttering me up. Same. But man, stoked to have you on. And uh, I, I think that the work that, that you, Dane, Chris Marlowe, Kevin Wong, like all you guys, I don't think anybody really appreciates one, how much work you're doing and two, how good of a job you guys are doing. Cause we were just talking a little bit before we came on and just like the sheer volume of work that you're doing is, is crazy. Uh, I mean, how's Tokyo been for you? I mean, it's been a pretty wild ride from, from what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, I guess from, from a personal perspective, uh, it's, it's been interesting because th this is my room um, and it's sort of the size of a, of a Barbie dream house uh, <laughs> <laughs> to put it into perspective. Um, and, and for the first two weeks, we're only allowed to the office, uh, which is the IBC, which is which is a huge uh, centre uh, for the broadcast. And, and then we could come back here. Um, so a lot of time spent spent on this chair. Um, I haven't seen any of Tokyo yet. Um, but then on yeah. the flip side, you're at the Olympic Games. So the, the sort of traveler inside you and the explorer sort of goes to sleep anyway because you're at the biggest sporting show on earth. So right. and, and volleyball's provided enough like thrills and spills in terms of drama and all of the, the stories coming out to, yeah, to really make it an interesting trip. Yeah. So you uh, are you when you're commentating, are you actually at the venue or are you doing it like right from where that chair that, that I'm looking at you right now? Uh, not not from this chair, luckily. Okay. Um, there, there's a big IBC, so it's International Broadcast Center. Okay, um, it's it's unbelievable, uh, really. So you, you've got all the producers, uh, all the quality control people. You have people, their bosses, their bosses, um, sort of thing, in in a, in a huge operation. Um, and then if I'm covering skateboarding, I'm at venue. But for beach volleyball, we're 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 in the office or in in the off tube, as it's called. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, man? What's the the, the prep like well actually let's just start with just the prep for just beach volleyball like what's a day look like before i mean right now uh april and alex are playing so like if you for example were about to to commentate on april and alex against cuba um what's the just walk me through the day uh, a day in tokyo just prepping for matches commentating and, and then winding down yeah i i like to try and get in it depends on my when my session is but i try and get in four or five hours before um i look at head-to-heads um i'll also there's there's some really good information online um like dennis wagner tim simmons have done a lot of work in the past with with beach volleyball database um and they're, and they're incredible um so a lot of it's been done in terms of head-to-head -head matches uh it's then how much you want to poke around um so who, who did these teams lose to in the previous olympics is there any um sort of stories that that, that sort of match up that you can find uh, in the background, sometimes you can be searching for half an hour and not really find much. Right. Um, but you always do find something eventually. That's that's the nature of the job. If you poke hard enough, um, you, you sort of find stuff. And and then you're looking uh, with teams like Cuba, who you might not see on the world tour enough. 
uh, you, you really have to sort of uh, yeah shake the tree, so yeah. to speak, and as much information as you can um, yeah. or video. So it, it all depends. But now it's getting to the to the business end. That I'm quite lucky to have covered quite a lot of these teams before um, and followed their stories in. So in theory, I I don't really need to do as much beach volleyball because I know them. I, I know their coaching staff. I can talk to their coaching staff and and communicate with them, um, yeah. which I'm really lucky to do. It's such a great community. Um, and it's full of such great people who are more than willing to help um, feed more detail into the broadcast, which which I believe it, it, it always needs to help the sport grow. Yeah. And I think one of the good things you do, I mean, building rapport is as a journalist or commentator is one of the biggest things. And I think one of my favorite things about you is that you, you always keep the broadcast a thousand percent positive. Yeah. You know, if even if you know, a, a team and we've seen a lot of missed serves in Tokyo just in general. I, I don't know if it's the nerves or, or whatever, but people are, are missing serves at, at a rate much higher than normally. But you'd never be like, oh, Phil and Nick are just choking this game away, missing serves. It's like, oh, you know, he's being aggressive with it and just missed it. Like, I love that you keep everything's got a positive spin on it, a good twist. Now, I think that that's probably why the players, uh, you know, will have that rapport with you and have that kind of open line of communication because it's not all that common uh, that you have those open lines especially at this level at the olympics yeah i, I also believe that no, nobody's meaning to really go back and miss their serves right like <laughs> if, if the usa indoor team have, have missed a lot of serves but that's just what they what they hang their hat on so to speak like they, they go out serving tough and and missing missing a few in the meantime they just miss more than what they what, what they should have and could have done i guess yeah but yeah like the olympics is is, is crazy because it was we're seeing some we're seeing a lot of service errors and we're seeing a lot of nerves in the passing as well. And I guess it's only going to get more um, more like that as we continue. But, but whoever holds their nerves is going to go a long way. Yeah. Whoever's got that experience as well, I think. Like there's a few sort of double Olympians in there who can draw on some experience to help see them through. And I think I think we saw that yesterday in the Swiss game. Uh, Hydric and Vesha Dupree had, had that extra Olympics on Vesha yep. and I mean, they won by the closest of margins. So there must have been something they could draw on in the past to to help get them through that game. Yeah. And the match that I thought was really interesting that I watched, uh, I watched the replay, didn't watch it live. Uh, Cause it was at like three in the morning. I'm on the East coast right now uh, was Laura Ludwig and Maggie Kozik against Agatha Duda. And uh, I mean, Laura, obviously multi-time Olympian gold medalist, Agatha won a silver medal, multi-time Olympian. And then they both had Olympic rookies and that was 16, 14 and three. I mean, it's, it's not so I was actually doing the math because I'm writing a story for the FIVB um, that this is the most uh, upsets we've had on the women's side in Olympic history uh, for beach volleyball. Uh, so we have uh, an 18 seed in the quarterfinals, a 10 seed in the quarterfinals. Uh, I think Anouk and Joanna are the 12. Um, and before that, it was basically like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like the women's has always just been kind of a chalk walk. Uh, but this year it, it's just getting deeper and deeper. Um, which I think probably makes your job more fun, uh, getting all these close, crazy matches. Yeah, I think more fun, but like also it's it's just not the, the strange things. It's not surprising to, to to hear it's the most open and surprising games of, of all time because you sit in like coming up. I'm like, oh, there's ten to twelve teams that could easily medal here, and there's Russia that went out yesterday, and Russia against uh, Australia looked like they could win a medal, um, yeah. beat Australia, and then. Yeah, like Vladimir and Klavchenica just yeah came back. They were they were impressive, but it just I don't know. The only thing you, you know in this games is that yeah the unexpected's on the horizon and yeah you don't know what's coming your way. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's nuts. 
And you're, I mean, you're clearly so passionate about this game because I know, I mean, you commentate. Is this your first Olympics? Yeah, it's first Olympics for, for beach volleyball. So it's, it's okay. a strange journey that I've been on. I was like, uh, I did table tennis at the previous Olympics. Okay. Uh, ding, ding dong at the ping pong. Uh, the ping pong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If there's, if there's any table tennis fans out there. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, I covered another strength of mine is, is skiing. Um, so I've covered the Winter Olympics, strangely enough. Okay. So everything eventually came together um for this one and i got beach volleyball which is which is my my passion and my strength okay very cool so how did you walk me through your 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 journey here i mean you had ping pong you're doing skateboarding uh skiing got you in the winter olympics and beach volleyball is your passion uh it seems like one you're really well-rounded in your knowledge base across sports uh because i i know anytime you cover an event you got to know it like really well so you, you probably have a deep knowledge of ping pong now uh, now you, now you're going to know skateboarding more than your, your average Joe. Uh, how did you, how did you get into to commentating in, in the first place? And how did beach volleyball kind of end up as the pinnacle uh, of your, your passions? Uh, good question. I was, I was like a national junior champion for beach volleyball, but I'm one meter 67. Okay. Uh, so, so, uh, I can, I couldn't side out and I couldn't put anything away in transition. <laughs> Um, and, and funny enough, I got served every ball. So yeah, um, it was it was always gonna it was always gonna end and end quickly. Um, and then I, I just meant to be a ski teacher, and I love coaching. Like, I, I still love coaching. I coach every day, um, and I, I love beach volleyball. So I I was coaching. I came back from being a ski teacher, studied psychology and coaching. Um, so at twenty three, I was coaching our national team, or twenty four was in LA for a couple of uh, off seasons with them. I uh, was figuring it out, to be honest. Like yeah. I, I learned so much in that time. Uh, like we, we were training with Phil and Rosie, like, and I was just in, in awe, to be honest, of, of yeah. being around guys I, I watch on YouTube and, and TV and, and just be, being around it. Uh, we had some good results, um, qualified for European champs, uh, had some good results in the Continental Cup, European games. We, we did all right, we did, we did really well, actually. Um, and then that stopped. Um, and then actually we were in Vaduz and uh, Sasha, Sasha Heyer from uh, Switzerland needed a live stream commentator um, in Beale. And I'd done a little bit of live eventing for, for our tour over here and a little bit of expert stuff. Yeah. And it just would be, I, I was only two hours away. Um, and before I knew it, I was there trying to figure it out. And yeah, after that sort of just, just went from there. Yeah. And it, clearly it's come pretty far. Did you ever think that you'd be, you know, just getting randomly called for, for a couple of Swiss tour events to, I mean, you're doing Olympic skiing, Olympic table tennis, Olympic skateboarding, Olympic beach volleyball. It's a cool journey, my friend. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool journey. Um, and I think it all just, everything just feeds each other. So I coach because it helps my commentary. My commentary helps my coaching. Um, and then I call on my other yeah, sort of qualified coach in sort of eight to 10 different sports and sort of <laughs> means I can touch out a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, and I still don't know the, I don't know where it's going either. Like it, there's no security in this job. So no. it's, uh, you, you're sort of just playing, playing blind and seeing, seeing what happens. <laughs> what pops in your inbox and, and how it works. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a mad journey uh, with zero security, but I'm also, um, I'm a bit of a chancer in life. So, it, so it suits me fine. Yeah. Uh, it, and that's part of the fun. And then you get that email and it's like, Hey, you want to cover the Olympics? It's like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do it. Yeah. 
um and then yeah then you get here and you actually don't have time like you, you'll know what it's like you don't have time to actually savor it but i managed to get to the venue the other evening um for blauer musen and argentina okay uh, it's pretty cool just to be there as a fan and just savor that moment of being at, at the olympics and watching the sport that you you love yeah so it's, it's pretty cool yeah so you're you're still coaching uh so you coach beach are you still ski instructing too Nah, no, no skiing. Uh, okay. I need to do more skiing. Okay. Uh, skiing makes me smile as well. But yeah, coaching, <laughs> um, run a club in Crystal Palace uh, with a friend, a former player, uh, Jake Sheaf. Okay. Uh, and then we've just started something with a couple of the, the, the youngsters uh, over the past six, six to eight months. But if you're going to do it, you need to do it every day. So it's that, that's sort of been our, our motto. Not, not now because I'm away, but, but trying to grow something um, that, that's every day that's just supporting those guys and hopefully something we can build to be bigger than them and bigger than all of us and and hopefully do something that's going to help grow grow the sport a little bit more in the UK because it's 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 a it's a yeah it's a tough sport in the UK yeah but it's it getting better it's slowly getting better again so it's, yeah. it's, it's good i mean you look at the sport around the world and it it is blowing up i mean everywhere i mean just if if you look at the top 10 men's teams I mean, you have pretty much 10 different countries from all over the place. Like if you would have said 10 years ago that Norway would be one of the best men's beach volleyball teams in history, you'd have been insane, like Norway. And yeah, yeah. it's spreading. It's amazing. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But they, it's, it's hard because I think Europe have done such a good job in catching up on, on the United States and Brazil, where before it would be, be Brazil, USA. And, and you'd like, I remember growing up watching World Tour and it, it would be Phil and Todd um Emmanuel Alisson every week or uh, Ricardo like a- every week and and now you, you don't know who's making that final like right it, it could be anyone Berman's Duclut or just just coming from nowhere making a final and playing legit just that that's the way the game's going and I I, I like it a lot like yeah amount of effort behind the scenes uh I don't know like how it is really in Brazil I I, I haven't quite uh yeah got got too much into Brazilian volleyball as much as I'd like but amount of work in Europe that goes on behind the scenes with stats, with studying, and it's it's just every day of every minute of every day, someone's trying to do something and the sport's really professionalizing. And I think that's great from a beach volleyball perspective. But being from England and caring about English beach volleyball is like we yeah, we're behind in this race and our, our boat our boats are going slower and it's got some holes and so how it catches up. But it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool to see the sport just just race on, and and that that makes me happy. It is. I tell you what, two uh, two English players that I think have a very bright future are the Bello brothers. Yeah, uh, you played them, right? I did. I played them in Bulgaria in the qualifier, and man, those kids fly, and yeah, they're they're, they're, they're talented. They have a really bright future. I um I wouldn't be too surprised if they start working their way up one two three four. I mean, they almost qualified in Cancun all three times. I mean, they they took. Ermacora and Pristaus to 16, 14, the third. They took Estonia yeah. in the third. They're good. They, they can hang with the best. Once they get a little more, uh, I mean, the brothers, you know, so they fight. Uh, once they kind of get, get over that a little bit, I mean, they, they're going to be very good. Yeah, they're, they're doing very well. There's uh, they, they did well at the youth uh, Commonwealth Games. So they, they took a medal and they've done really well at junior level. Um, and it's just now they're in that phase between stepping up and, and adapting, I guess, to to the to the senior stuff so it's, it's really good they're, they're doing really well yeah. um and then the team the team that i'm with uh they're probably just in terms of uh their consistency to being out training 
this is their their first year, but they're also playing really really good. Different different style of, of beach volleyball. Yeah. Uh, faster. Um, but but yeah, they I feel like they they could be two teams that that are playing a good level. Um, yeah, very very soon as well. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch them rise. I'll actually I'm leaving for Bulgaria uh, tomorrow uh, for. <laughs> Sophia Beach, they they've hosted like this is their like fifth FIVB this year. So that's been that's been my home away from home this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to, my, my guys are out there as well, so you have you have to say hello to them. I will. First one, first one of the year because they're allowed to travel now. Okay, uh, awesome. So they'll, they'll be they'll be pumped. Yeah, I will yeah. absolutely say hey to them. Yeah, you have to. They're they're, they're good yeah. boys. So yeah. how many uh how many events have you commentated this year for beach? Have you done all of them? Cause I remember you did, uh, you did the Cancun ones, right? I remember. And I think I remember hearing you in Doha. Yeah. So I have three, I had Doha with tricks. It was the first one back there. So they're also testing it. So we could have, uh, we had Marco Kratiger with us, which was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also had the live stream up, which was awesome. So we could read the comments, which, which sometimes makes me nervous. Um, <laughs> so, so growing abusive yeah um <laughs> fine. I, I can take it um well sort of but i take it personally um, <laughs> and then at the same time um yeah it's been pretty busy cancun and then i had ostrava and then we we shared them out so there was a, a, a sharing policy between us which was cool um and now it gets busy i have vienna for the european champs nice uh, two king of the court uh with wilco uh, awesome in, Hamburg and Utrecht, which would be great because then Richie can come out for yeah uh, Utrecht as well. And Richie just yeah make makes my yeah just makes my stomach hurt like laughing the whole time. <laughs> Dude, um, he's one of the funniest guys. Just such a dry wit too. Yeah, he's a dry wit, and he's just like he just rips himself. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He doesn't need anybody else to give him any abuse. He'll do that himself. <laughs> no. um, and then. Uh, I have some indoor, some some Euro volley, and then I have the World Tour finals. So I have like nine weekends in a row. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I think my girlfriend's gonna gonna pack her bags and and, <laughs> and leave me pretty soon if I or carry could on. she or could she come on the road with you? That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, it'd be great. Not not this time, but hopefully a little bit more. But yeah, it's, I'm living living the dream. Um, can't can't complain because it's just yeah, I love it. Which I hope comes out in the broadcast. I, I get it pretty does. excited. It does. And I I think that's one of my favorite parts about listening to your matches is that it's so clear that this isn't a job for you. You know, I I think that you'd be watching these matches anyway, and you might as well get paid to talk about them, you know? And I mean, that's me and you are kind of in a similar situation. We're like, I want to write about these and people have decided to to pay me to write about them. So I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, You're so good at that. And you can tell that because the the effort that you put into what you're doing and the detail and the, the little stories that you that you find like yeah the moroccan story that i was reading yesterday i was just laughing to myself i was like you got that, that nowhere uh, it, it's, it's class yeah, yeah it's, it's great it's a great sport um i love it i come from a volleyballing family too so it's something i've never uh yeah like i've never been without it and i don't know what i do without it at times either it's, it's given me a lot um so i like to try and give give back i think if you're good to it it's good to you i think uh, so um, I'm hoping it, it just keeps going like that. So what's what's the beach volleyball scene like in in England? Did you did you grow up in England? Yeah, so I, I grew up. My dad um, played, and he also runs the tour with with Jake. So he, there's a okay. there's a UK tour now uh, that they they've done that individually. 
Uh, they've taken it private away from the Federation, but the Federation now they're, they're working together, which is great. Awesome. Um, and it's just growing nicely. It's only like two or three years or three years in. Um, but but I feel like the right people are getting into the right places um, for the sport for the future, which which I think is really key. Okay. Um, and something we struggled with at times is, is having the right people in the right places. So there's a lot of a lot of players, man. Like it's such a multicultural city, London, that there's a lot of beach volleyball like lovers who want to play all the time. Battle is how do we how do we drag it to the next uh, up a few levels really. Right. Um, difficult when I'm commentating every day and, and that takes me away from coaching um, and there's only so much one person can do. And then Jake Sheaf's doing a lot of work um, in the background with his company, the club that we run and the tour. It's it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but there's a lot of good people pushing it in the right direction. Yeah. And so you grew up playing. I mean, I know you said that, you know, they kind of started the tour, took it private. It's been going for building for a couple of years, but what Thank was your... What was your background like in the sport? Playing badly. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could pass really well. Uh, <laughs> just everything had an upward arc to it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like there, there wasn't much around, you know, like it was it was just us figuring it out for ourselves, really. Yeah. You know, with the help, there wasn't any like there, there was the old weekend camp. Um, but you just have to love it and, and figure it out. We, we were lucky to have the 2012 Olympics, um, which was phenomenal for, for the sport. But then straight away afterwards, we pretty much lost all of our funding. So it, it went from having... Oh, bummer. We had two teams at the Olympic Games uh, with, with the women um, almost having two teams. They lost in the final of the Continental Cup. They're, they're two real sort of teams. Okay. Didn't medal, kept a little bit of funding, but then lost it the year after. So, so you've gone from having a full-time program with like full-time coaches and then going in the right direction and making all these gains to then, then losing it, which is, which is tough for the sport. But I guess it was also like a bit of a, for my own personal career was, was a bit of a blessing because I, I picked that up and was happy to do it to not, not pick up the program, but pick up the team that I worked with, with, with little experience to, to just go away and learn the game. So in, in theory, yeah. it's, yeah, it's bad for the sport, and sorry everyone, um, but it was <laughs> it, it was it was good it was good for me now. Like looking back to to have that opportunity to to really learn the game, stack the game, um, prepare my guys to play the likes of Nikolai Lupo at the European Champs and statting all night and stuff like that. Yeah. Like the, the opportunities that just don't come around very often yeah. for me. The, so. I mean, the CEV does such a good job I mean, with with really with everything. I mean, it looks like their events are top notch, um, and you're you're doing you're covering the european champs in uh vienna right i can't and, wait and from what i've seen i have not had the pleasure of playing in vienna but it looks incredible yeah you have to it's unreal <laughs> it's, it's literally unbelievable um you, you're walking around the stadium arena and there's there's uh, austrians that can't walk in a straight line um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like having a massive sesh the whole way through the day and and then watching beach volleyball having having the best time and I just believe that somewhere where the sport fits in those countries, you know, like Klagenfurt, such an iconic venue as well that we don't yeah. see anywhere. But yeah, all, all stem from that and putting putting beers underneath um, people's seats in the first couple of years. Yeah, you come in, sit down, and, and start drinking beers, watching beach volleyball, and it's, yeah. it's progressing. Yeah. Why do you yeah, think? Uh, why do you think we went away from having an event in Klagenfurt? Because I've heard like unanimous good things about Klagenfurt. Like everyone says that that's one of their favorite places. 
yeah i think it must have been for a business reason for vienna because vienna's just taken over it really um yeah. the, the same uh yeah the same sort of organization the same promoters they just moved it to to vienna which is still as iconic now i guess and, and as much fun i'm just looking forward to that they have this corona proof stadium as well but having watched the olympics with no fans i, I just think it's going to be great to to go straight to vienna the week after the olympics and and have a completely different experience of yeah just the party atmosphere and everyone having having a good time yeah how strange is it uh commentating on matches with no fans because i feel like for you as a commentator i mean the players obviously kind of can ride the the emotions of the crowd um but as a commentator you, you kind of play off that as well and now it's it's dead you got, you got nothing to work with hey, don't you worry about me man i'm having a great time <laughs> <laughs> I know you yeah. are. Thank you. Thanks for your concern in that. But yeah, I'm, I'm just. Um, I I would worry if I'm at the venue just shouting away. <laughs> a microphone and there's the else in in the whole stadium. Um, yeah, I get some funny looks from the players, I guess. But, but well, well, I'm in a well, I'm in a soundproof booth. I'm I'm just fine. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's been it's tough, but there's loads of obstacles. Like Cancun was done from home, so I was like 3 a.m. in the morning. Jeez. Uh, on my laptop. Yeah, like just just talking through it, so yeah, it's all good. Once you get into it, it's, it's it's fine, right? Like it's no worries. Yeah, is it? Uh, I mean, the the venue itself looks amazing, and and I was talking to Try, and he said that, that stadium is one of the coolest places that he's ever played in, and it would be ten times cooler with fans. Um, but it looks like such a cool setup out there. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's just so it's quite steep as well, so you feel that no matter where you would sit, you feel on top of the the court. Yeah, too. It's it's pretty. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a pretty special um, arena. I just, I think it's amazing to play in it with no fans. So I, I can't imagine what it would be like if it was, if it was full. How, how's Try doing? He's great. I mean, it, it's insane. He's leading the tournament in hitting percentage, yeah, which is, which I think is totally crazy. Because I mean, he's hitting. Him and Jacob never even like played around at practice together. You know, it'd be one thing if if Try came in to play with Taylor. They grew up playing together. They're really close friends. But him and Jake, like, they're rivals. He comes in having never played with Jake, never played full-time defense, and tries playing maybe the best volleyball I've ever seen him play. So he's yeah. thriving, and he's having a great time. He's just, like, super dialed in, super focused. Like, at no point did he ever think, I, I don't belong here. You know, this is what he's been training for for the last 10 years. Um, so he's I mean, have you seen the look? You seen the look in his eye when he steps on court, like and Jake as well. It's just like, yeah, I don't want to mess with these guys. Like, yeah, that, that's yeah. There's a lot going, yeah, not in their way. So they just they just look so ready for it, and they look like they're ready to attack it. But they they've got some, uh, yeah. There, there's some big games coming. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's wild. I mean, it it's been crazy to watch Anders and Christian suddenly become pretty human. Um, I mean, still, I think probably right now playing like the second best team in the world. I think Qatar is, they look almost unbeatable. I mean, Phil and Nick gave him a heck of a run. Um, but I think it, it's great because now we don't really know who's, who's going to win before you could say with almost 70% certainty that Anders and Christian were going to win. But now it's like, we don't know. We have no idea. And that top of the bracket's nasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cora, I, I messaged him after the game and he was like, I just, I think he just enjoyed watching them play a little bit calmer against Blauer Musen. Yeah. And I feel bad, I feel bad at this time of the, the competition because like 
yeah, I, I love a lot of these guys and some have got to go through and some have got to go out and it's it's a real tough time. But for the you know, the Vikings, they looked a little bit more steady yesterday, didn't they? They, they looked a bit they tense and nervous in the opening games and that, that's completely understandable, I, I guess, with the uh, with the last few weeks and coming into games with, yeah, no one's ever hyped up my beach volleyballing skills as much as the, the Vikings have had their side. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, I guess it brings a different dimension of, um, <laughs> Yeah, thoughts and, and pressure. So it's nice. It's nice to see them play well. I felt sorry for for, for Robbie and Alex because I also think they're great ambassadors for for the game and yeah. they're phenomenal athletes as well and, and players. So the competition's less without them, but obviously the Vikings are, are the Vikings. We're gonna pause here to take a quick second to shout out our sponsor Wilson. As always, makers of the best balls in the game. That's what we're playing with on the AVP, which. Interesting news was just bought by Bally's Casino. So now we have a ton of interest in the AVP this year and a ton of interest, as always, in the best ball that we'll be playing with, Wilson Volleyball. Use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson products. That's volleyballs, that's carts, whatever Wilson you may need. SANDCAST-20 will get you 20% off. And now, back to the show. Yeah, and I tell you what, the uh, that Dutch... Talent pipeline is getting deep. I mean, you got Brower Musen, uh, you watched Bormans and DeGroot uh win in Stad. Were you commentating in Stad? I wasn't, no, but but I watched it. But... Yeah, I mean they, they look great. Um, and then you got uh, Peninga, you got Booter, uh Varenhorst and Vandeveld. Varenhorst and Vandeveld looked like almost inhuman when they were I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to stop those guys when they're passing well. Yeah, yeah, they just go over the top of everything, right? Everyone. Seven foot tall, hit it high. You're like, okay, it doesn't matter about angles anymore. Just try and <laughs> try, try and get in my airspace, and and, and good luck to you. Yeah. yeah. I I just think that they're, they're all training as a as a squad now, and I think it used to be more individual um, in the Netherlands. Like they, they used to train separately, and and now they're training together and realizing that they can light a match over that if they all train to, with each other every day. The level yeah. is just just crazy good. It um, is. But, but there's been so many stories through that, like. Um, Brower Mewson actually beating um, Van der Velder and Varenhorst in Ostrava uh, for, to, to make that final four spot. And if it went the other way, then then there's a chance that there would have been two two Dutch teams at the Olympic Games. Yeah. Uh, just, just things like that, where it's just crazy to be so together in some ways, but then realizing that it is still business. Right. Uh, and you, you can't be too personal all the time. So, yeah, it's fascinating. I have the best, I have the best seat in the house for all this stuff. I, I love it. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it, one of the tough parts, I think, for me as a writer and for you as a commentator is that, like, as you mentioned, you kind of root for everyone to win and, and, and play their best. And then you see someone lose and you're like, oh, man, I'm so bummed for you. On the other hand, I'm also stoked that this team is, is moving on and enjoying success. Um, and I think that's also clear in your broadcast that, you know, you're like, I feel bad for Brower Musen, great ambassadors for the sport. Yeah. So are Anders and Christian. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> Everyone's a everyone's a good guy. Like yeah. <laughs> who you uh yeah who who you backing? Like everyone's everyone's a, a great person. And I mean it's not it's not uh, soccer. It's 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 beach volleyball. Like everyone gets on. Everyone's yeah. There, there's there's small rivalries, but on the whole, it's everyone's got a lot of respect for each other. And right. I mean the community's bigger than just one pair or or one team. And I think everyone gets that too. Yeah. Uh, but this, there's going to be some great moments, but some sad moments in the next. Uh, yeah, in the next week as well. So, uh, gutted I'm not covering the whole way through to the finals. Um, yeah. 
but but at the same time I can go and watch it live and right. and actually get away from it a bit, having yeah. to actually explain those moments. <laughs> yeah. So what uh what is your schedule looking like? Um so obviously you're not uh you're not commentating uh, on April and Alex right now. Um so what what's your schedule looking like for the rest of the games in, in terms of beach? Um I've got three matches tonight which start with uh Fielek and Brill. Okay. Um up against Nikolai Lupo, which will be fun. Yeah. Um then I have Herrera Gavira, Klasilnikov, uh Stoyanovsky. Okay. Um, and then I have the final game, which shows how well organized I am this morning. Um, which, <laughs> which I need to clock into and check if it's, I need to check if the schedule is still the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I have the last game as well, which okay. um, I need to check. Um, but yeah, they're all, they're all good ones now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know which way any of it's going to go. I, I didn't see Cantor Wojciak going out that early. They, man, watching Cantor, it's, it's so, it's tough because, he just looks so hurt all the time now. And I don't know if he actually is hurt or not, but you just look at him walking. It's like, he doesn't look close to a hundred percent. And then did you see the red card uh, that they gave him? Yeah. I mean, they, they, those are interesting moments to broadcast on because for, for a moment you're like, Oh, like he's, he's, he's hurt. And he's like, well, they're, they're also six down in the final set. So, so a medical timeout would be pretty beneficial right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, is he is he pulling a fast one or is he is he generally and he was generally hurt I think right. and then you can start to feel this way of empty that he, obviously the rules have changed so it wasn't an impact it wasn't off of impact so he can take the uh, take the medical and then it just spirals from there but yeah you know, they had the they had such a problem with injuries like I, I think they are a top five team in the world top top six team and seven team in the world and I think they they left it late to qualify because of the lack of points from the world champs. But their performances over the past few weeks were solid. Like, yeah. I was I was watching them going. Actually, I, I think they could medal, and I, I said that to their coach. I was like, I, I think I think you can medal here. Like, yeah, comfortably. And and they just yeah, I'd be interested to hear what it was like from the inside. But but I feel sorry for them because because they're also great for the sport and they're a great team. Yeah, I, I think I, I mean I, I haven't watched any team on YouTube more than I have Cantrelosiak. I mean they're just a blast to watch. You know, and like you said, yeah, I, can see that you're, I can see that you're taking some of it into your game, mate. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I watch you play, yeah, yeah, I, I see where I see where you're influenced. Yeah, um, doing doing my best. Uh, us undersized people, and then you know, you look at guys like Adrian and Enrico. Um, you know, they just get so creative with it, and they're just—it's almost like they're playing an entirely different sport um, than what was what they grew up playing. Um, and Adrian's bringing so much creativity and he had a crazy story. I don't know if you saw his Instagram post, but just like that looked wild. His experience in Tokyo with the Italian Federation. Yeah. He said to me like, I was like, why haven't you got a coach? And he just said it was political um, reasons. So I was like, I'd leave it at that. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, if, if that actually happens, then there's a massive problem, right? Like athletes need support. Like you, you can't, you can't send, or you can't have people represent your country at a stage like this and and not be supported like i i don't i don't understand it yeah so i, I don't know i i just saw the couple of posts but yeah that's true then i don't care going on record and being like i think that's that's not that's that's not fair and the highest at, at this show at this event like where the pressure is so high you need your team yeah yeah agreed and like like we both said we don't know the italian federation side of it but if true, then I mean that's so tough for Adrian uh, and Enrico. Um, 
because they had such a great run just to get to Tokyo, going like fifth, fifth, fourth in Cancun. It was awesome. Yeah, the fact the fact that they uh same as same as you're saying about the, the Bello brothers, like as soon as you get off that plane in Cancun and realize there's a bit of a wind side wind coming in and, and the skills come to the forefront of the sport a little bit. Yep. Yeah, like, I imagine they were pretty pumped about that to, to <laughs> they're out, they're outside of the top fifteen and then they oh, yeah. threw three events back to back where you can uh your your game really suits the win nicely. Yeah. It's unreal. Like the whole the whole story of this games has been has been un- unbelievable really. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. Um so you mentioned uh that coming in you thought Cantrelosiak they could medal. Uh, I did too. Um so right now uh that we have we're now in the bracket play. Uh Don't don't, don't ask me mate. I won't get it right. Who are you taking <laughs> to medal? It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. This is just a fun conversation to have. <laughs> Ah, I mean, I said Agatha and Duda were going to medal, and they're already out, so I'm I'm yeah, way more me, wrong than, than you could be. <laughs> me too. But but then even if you think about it, like right now, at the top of that draw, you you've got the Vikings going through against uh, Leshikov Semenov again uh, from the ROC, or, or finally, I think I can call them Russian. Uh, yeah, um, we can call them <laughs> Russian here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a while since I've been able to say that, uh, but but at the same time, you you feel that they're playing really well. Like I, for a first time Olympian at twenty four, like Leshikov's like a duck out of water here. So so that's going to be tough for the Vikings to 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 revisit that one from the earlier rounds. Like, could they medal? I think they could medal, uh, for sure. But I'm going to go with the Vikings. Not not hundred percent sure, but. But yeah. if they continue playing like they did yesterday, um, they should be there or thereabouts. Then my guess is as good as yours. Like, can Qatar like stay stay at this level? Can the Vikings stay at this this level? Can they actually just find their level instead of being searching for it? Yeah. Like, can Nikolai Lupo like? There, there may be a dark horse to to yeah. sort of come through the draw a little bit, especially on the bottom side as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm impressed with Stoyanovsky at the minute as well. Like, he's got more depth to his blocking through the pandemic, and he's spin serving. So you can see what they've been, you, you can see that what Russia have been looking at in terms of Stoyanovsky, and and when the six foot eleven guys um, are, are going so low in the block, we we know we've got an issue in beach volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I I don't know which way it could go. Like, I don't know. The purist in me would like to see see Norway. I think Norway, for the the impact they've had on the sport, deserve to go go to those final stages. Yeah, I, I think I would just love to see a, a Norway Qatar final. I think that that would be the, yeah. the the purest possible gold medal match. You, you have the the team that's been the best during the quad, and you have the team that's been the best during twenty twenty one, and such both of them such fun stories. Like Qatar, you know, tiny little Qatar is right now the best team in the world, and Norway. Uh, one of the coldest countries on the planet. But also the story behind like um, both of the guys, like it's such a phenomenal story of where they've started from to now being the favorites for an Olympic gold medal. Like yeah. unreal. Yeah. So they, of course they deserve it. Like everyone deserves it to an extent. Yeah. But also the, the thing is with Russia is, is like in 2019, like they, they won the world champs coming in off, off not great form, the World Tour Finals. So after they won the World Champs, they weren't in great form. And they, they won the World Tour Finals. Like, you can't underestimate them either. Mm-mm. And, and they're, 
they've been building something for this moment, but we still haven't seen the best of them yet. So we'll right. have to win. Yeah. So I don't think they'll be far away either. I don't think so either. I, I think that uh, it would be the most fitting over the, if, if you just take into account a, a holistic view of the quad, I think the most fitting podium would be Norway, Qatar, and Russia. I agree. Russia being Stoinowski, Chris Hilnikoff. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the player who might be having the best Olympics individually might be Semenov. He's playing fantastic. Yeah. Like literally he's having a blast, isn't he? Yeah. I, mean, I didn't understand. Like I always say like that, that team, Semenov and Krasilnikov, like for me were always a team that should have done a hell of a lot more than they did. So I'm actually quite happy for them that they're both, they're both playing pretty well. Yeah. They've had that divorce and, and they're happy with their new, they're happy with their new uh, partner, which is great. Yeah. Man, the, the women's is just as interesting. It is. It is. I mean, I, I think that all, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see Mel and Pav on one side of the bracket and April and Alex on the other. Cause I think just the, the most appropriate gold medal match has to be April Alex versus Pavin and, and Melissa um, just from they've met in, I think seven finals in the last two years alone. I think it, it would just be so fitting for them to get another one. Um, yeah. But April's got to go through uh, Laura Ludwig. Um, and I don't know what the result of their Cuba match is. Um, but uh, if they beat Cuba, they got to run through Ludwig, who she plays pretty well in the Olympic stages. And uh, Mel and Pav have to play Australia. And, and I think and that I think the Australians are so good. Yeah, Australia, like Australia will have something to say about that. And also the matchup for Australia against Pavin with the way they play. Like it's a, it's a really good matchup for Australia, like probably a better matchup for Australia than it is for Canada. Agreed. And Australia have a, Australia have a really good head to head against Canada as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I, I back the Australians to, to go quite, quite far in this, but that, that game, um, the quarterfinal would be great. Australia, Canada would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, great game if, that, if that happens, we got a lot of fun volleyball coming up, Louie. All right. Like, I don't know where it's going, like what whatsoever. And then you've got Heather and Brandy who are just like digging, digging their heels in, like playing, playing good volleyball. Um, they've got uh, the Latvians and, and the Latvians are, are getting better, but that, they're not going to be getting any worse. Right. At this competition. And they're, they're growing week in, week out in everything they're doing. The consistency now is, is better than it's ever been. And yeah. they're still what, 22 years old or something ridiculous. So yeah, who knows? I, I would say that 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 australia canada game is is uh monumental in terms of the competition because they're the best australia are the, the best chance of beating canada on the way through and I the way so. they the way they serve and run their offense um having or find it she'll have to be on really good form um to keep her eyes through the net and and figuring out how to how to stop clancy and apache too yeah it's been interesting to watch. I mean, because even McHugh and Schumann, because they run that just spread offense, just pass to one pin, set to the other pin. And sometimes, like it, it did against Norway, it works out so well when they're crisp and they're running it. But sometimes it just comes to their own detriment. But I think that that's what Maria Faye and Taliko Clancy do so well is that they don't let it get out of control. They keep it so – they don't force it. Um, yeah. And so I, I think they just pass so well. I think passing if, – if they pass well – I'm with you. I, I'd, I'd favor Australia against Canada. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup. It's a really good matchup for them. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. But they 
I feel like the, the girls also run, they don't just run to the outside, they run outside in, they run, yeah, they'll, they'll do anything they can to, to lose the blocker. And as you said, like, I, I feel that a bit more versatile, but when the boys play well, like I've seen Chris and Damo, who are amazing guys and the girls are awesome as well. Like, love them dearly. I've seen them like lose to like New Zealand in, on a windy day where they've still tried to play it in, in New Zealand. <laughs> I, was lucky, I was lucky enough to be there doing some commentary and randomly in New Zealand on a beautiful beach. Um, and it's blowing a hoolie and they're still trying to run the spread offense. Um, but then you've also like Damo and Cole Durant almost beat Evandre Bruno 15th, like they lost 15, 13 at the world champs. Yeah. Same as, same as here. Like it's, it's actually sometimes a problem for them on a, on a variable day, but against the best teams in the world, it's also the things that, that, that brings them up to the level as well. So I, I don't know, don't know the right answer. It's the beauty yeah. of the sport. It is. And I think one of the beauties of, of this Olympic games in particular is how many new how many olympic debuts there are and pretty much the the podium's going to be filled with new olympians i mean you have anders and christian are both making their olympic debut leshikov is making his olympic debut uh, maria fey artacho is making her olympic debut alex kleinman uh yep. ahmed tijan is making his stoyanovsky is new to the olympics um so pretty much anyone who's favored to win a medal is basically is brand new to the olympics yeah, I mean, in the women's, I've just got it here, 19 of um, the last 32 were first-time Olympians in the women's. So it's only Ludwig, uh, Lily and Elsa. Uh, they're in their third games. Ludwig's in her fourth. Okay. Uh, and then you've got April, um, Agatha and Cher Chen, who obviously got knocked out yesterday. Um, so that she, she took a 2008 bronze medal. So, yeah, it just shows, like, over half the field of first-time Olympians pretty pretty impressive yeah uh, the men's wasn't quite as uh men's isn't quite the same i, I don't know what i've got so many documents open mate <laughs> i bet you do honestly i can't even i can't even <laughs> I've got like five thousand different documents so. <laughs> I bet. yeah and it's it's partly because i'm busy but it's partly just because i'm scattered <laughs> well, you're doing so many things over there like you're covering all these beach volleyball matches indoor volleyball matches then you're doing skateboarding yeah <laughs> how'd you get roped into skateboarding sorry, sorry to any skateboarding fans um, <laughs> out there. I, yeah sorry um <laughs> i can say um i did snowboarding and and the way it works out here is is, is they like versatility they like um it's, it's such a big beast and, and people would be the same like volleyball commentators are, are a bit random at times and, and and it's people doing it for the for the first time because you you get here and there's a lot of sport to cover and we're all in the same office um, and there's a boss above me uh, and coordinators who, who basically have a lot of things to consider when when they choose people to commentate for them. Um, so that's why we end up all going into different things at, at different times and how your voice and I think it's just because I get really pumped up about sport that they thought that would be be fun for skateboarding. but. Yeah, I'm learning. It's a baptism of fire. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never covered it before, but luckily my snowboarding and skiing um, helped a bit, I guess. <laughs> you, you, ain't, you ain't seen my next games like next week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just figure it out as we go, Louis. <laughs> yeah, story of my life, mate. Big, 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 That's big. it. 
maybe <laughs> we have some good volleyball coming up which is the saving saving grace so if skateboarding if skateboarding fails i can just go watch beach volleyball <laughs> that's it but uh but man you have a lot of talking uh to do um this week so i don't want to keep you here too much longer you need to rest your voice um and uh, you got some matches to cover tonight but louis man it was great to uh great to chat with you tonight brother yeah it's great great fun and keep up the good work as well and um yeah let's uh fingers crossed for try and for, for jake and and richie as well and taylor like big big story of this games and i think like the whole community really feels it like, i think so i think that that that's a real big uh plus as much as it is an advantage like yeah everybody's sort of rooting for, for, for those guys too. So I know Tri's not here, but um, yeah, I think we all felt like we all feel excited for him, but we feel just in a strange position with everything. And right. Yeah. It's just, yeah, everyone's rooting, rooting for those guys to, to play their best. And it's great to see yeah, them. Me too. Good luck, good luck then. Um, it's, yeah, it's been great. It's been, a, been an honor. It's bigger honor as the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Well, uh, well, thanks for the time. Get some rest, uh, close out some of those documents. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, good luck uh, have fun with the beach volleyball and good luck uh, with the skateboarding I wish you the best my friend <laughs> thank you I'll, I'll see you soon alright shoot Louie